Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The game is over. And we are headed to overtime. On 95.7, the game. Jack's empty it out here. And Lawrence is going to get sacked for the third time, and it's Chase Young and Nick Bosa together. And the ball is out, and the 49ers have it. Statement win for the San Francisco 49ers. They go into Jacksonville, and they snap the Jaguars' five-game winning streak. Still about a minute left in regulation. Niners taking a knee with Sam Darnold. That's how much of a blowout this was. Sam Darnold played a lot of the fourth quarter. The final score will be 34-3. to The 49ers absolutely dominate the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that was expected to be close. A lot of people wondering why the Niners were even favored in this game. They were coming off of three straight losses playing terrible football and they go into jacksonville one of the hottest teams in the nfl and they put it on them for four quarters final scores the final 30 seconds tick away right now 34 to 3 and you're locked into overtime here for the next few hours because we have a ton to react to on 95 7 the game my name is mark randy sterling bennett with you as well here on 95 7 the game sterling the niners winless for about a month and now they come out in jacksonville and they win by 31 points this one has to feel fantastic for all 49ers the entire month of october may have been the worst month of my entire life <laughs> winless it felt like i had no hope no dreams just sadness and now in november after the bye week we got ourselves right steve wilkes out of the booth onto the field the defense dominates from kickoff brock purdy almost 300 yards and three touchdowns and it got to a point where this game felt like the first five weeks of the season where even Sam Darnold's getting snapped for. He got snaps. A lot of snaps. Like, he played almost the entire fourth quarter. This team was rolling, beat a very hot Jacksonville Jaguars team who had come off and won five consecutive games. They were at home. They felt like Jacksonville had the edge. San Francisco said, nah, nah. Not we today. are back. And like John Wick, what do you say? He goes, I'm thinking I'm back. The Niners, folks. They are back in business. Is that what this was? This is a statement? This is John Wick Chapter 5, Mark. This is John Wick Chapter 5 for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the Niners season has been strange. 5-0 and looking like the best team in football. Uh, 
and you could argue not even close, like by far the best team in football through five weeks, dominant, 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 dominant. And the, the fifth win was the, the most dominant win of the bunch over the Dallas Cowboys in primetime. And it looked like they, I mean, the conversation was, how long can this team go undefeated, right? And we, we've been over it a number of times here on overtime. It was the book your trip to Vegas conversation. Exactly. Five exactly. And then the next three games, it's, is the sky falling? Eh, I'm not so sure. Uh-oh, you lose to the Vikings. <laughs> I, I, maybe the sky is falling. And then Joe Burrow dices you up on your home field. And you're like, uh-oh. This team, the sky is falling. This, it's, it's definitely falling. It's, it's James Bond. close to landing on us. It's bad. And then they go on to a bye. There's all the talk about Steve Wilkes. And is he on the hot seat? And the is he going to come down to the sideline? <laughs> He's on the sideline now. And this team only gives up three points. We can talk more about that later. But this seems like... A statement by the 49ers saying, hey, the last three games we played, last four weeks, when you include the bye, not really who we are. You get Debo Samuel back. You get Trent Williams back. We can dive into their impact as well here on overtime. Speci- I mean, Debo Samuel had a touchdown. He was explosive plays all over the place. I thought Trent Williams was the catalyst to almost everything offensively. He was so good in this game. Mm-hmm. It's a statement by the 49ers to the rest of the league saying, hey, Maybe we're not going to, you know, dominate a, a team every single week the rest of the season. Maybe we're not going to be as consistent as we were the first five weeks of the season. But we are much more like that team that went five and zero than the team that went zero and three their previous three games. This is still the most talented roster in the National Football League from top to bottom. That is more talented now, by the way, because Chase Young, the highlight you just heard coming in, courtesy of Fox, Chase Young and Nick Bosa, the Buckeye brothers, combining on a strip sack. Niners forced turnover after turnover in this one. Sterling, to me, this just felt like a reminder given by the 49ers to the rest of the NFL. Hey, those three losses, it was bad, but we're back. And uh, we're going to make some noise in the NFC once again this year. It's also a massive game for San Francisco in themselves, not just to prove to the NFL or send a message, but you cannot lose four games in a row knowing Philadelphia has only lost one. The hope, although it might be a far-off one, is that we can maybe get the one seed still. But knowing And you're worried about your own division. Right, because Seattle's right what they're almost tied in San Francisco as a tiebreaker, there is a chance that if you lose this game, and of course 34-3 they didn't, that this needed to be a business trip mindset. If we're going to Florida, we're going to win, and we're going to put our suits and ties back on and leave because the party's over with. This was a business trip kind of game. You got Trent Williams back, you got Debo back, and you have to look at it from a standpoint of, it says this San Francisco sat back during the bye week and said, we are not that team that played the last three weeks. You put this team on the field against Minnesota and Cleveland and, dare I say, even the Bengals. At least that game against the Bengals is close. The Niners beat the AFC South leading Jacksonville Jaguars who were 6-2. and two. This is no slouch. And, and didn't just beat them. Beat them by 31 points. I believe it's their second highest margin of victory since the Dallas Cowboys game, which was, what, 32 points? Like, the Niners came in and beat one of the top teams in the AFC. Like you said, send a message, but also 
reinvigorate yourself, almost reprove to the team that yeah, you're right. we can still do this, that the Steve Volk's conversation isn't that big of a deal. And I was going to count, and I had on my notes of how many Steve Volk's cutaways were there, there going to be in this game. <laughs> I counted like two because they played so well. What, five sacks, three takeaways? The defense four needed, takeaways. Four takeaways needed to send a message. And from the get-go, Nick Bosa, Hargrave, Chase Young, these boys came to play. Yeah, so this game starts with the Jaguars getting the ball, and they go three and out. It ended with an Eric Armstead sack on third down. They pump the ball away. Niners get the ball. They go McCaffrey, six-yard run. McCaffrey, nine-yard catch. Kittle down the right side, perfectly weighted pass over the top of the defense from Purdy to Kittle for 29 yards. Next play, Purdy steps up, rolls to the left, and very dangerously throws across his body back towards the middle of the end zone. There's like a crowd of four players, including two Niners. It goes over the top of the crowd of three, perfectly <laughs> into Brandon Ayuk's lap for a touchdown. Niners go ahead 7-0. It was the first opening drive touchdown the Jaguars had allowed all season. Very next drive, Nick uh, Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave combined for a sack to force another three and out. Uh, you end up getting a field goal on that drive, so you weren't able to punch it in. Uh, but you're right. This was from the very beginning. The Niners came out and played their best football. And I think really for the first time, Sterling, it was obviously the offense was fantastic. Anytime you put up this many points, the Niners win again 34-3. to Your offense is clicking and it's playing well. But this felt like the first time where you could say almost without any argument, the defense was the driving force behind this this win this season for the 49ers. It felt like a game last year in that regard. Now, I know the offense was phenomenal, specifically when Purdy took over last season, but this felt like a classic Niners defensive dominance game. You mentioned the five sacks. Bosa was, was all over the place. Hargrave was all over the place. Your big offseason acquisition. Chase Young got yeah, in on the action. Time today. Your, your, your acquisition uh, from the deadline a couple of weeks ago, he was huge in this game. You had interceptions. Ambry Thomas off the bench had a fantastic <laughs> moment, which was called back that because of awesome. a very strange penalty. Half the <laughs> team on the sideline on the field. We could talk about that as well. It took away maybe the individual defensive play of the season across yeah. the entire NFL. It was an awesome play. Good good to see the offense bounce back and, and get everyone involved. Kittle was over 100 yards. He had a long touchdown. Debo Samuel, a gadget play touchdown. But it was the defense that led the way. And no matter what your weapons are with McCaffrey and Debo and all of that, if this Niners team is going to win a Super Bowl or at least get to a Super Bowl, Sterling, they're going to need their defense to be dominant. And really, I think for the first time all season, there's been some good performances, but for the first time all year, you can honestly say this was from start to finish an incredibly stifling defensive performance. Christian Kirk got loose a couple of times. He was in triple digits receiving yards. They held Calvin Ridley in check entirely. Lawrence turned the ball over time and time again. The defense nearly spotless today in Jacksonville. When coming into the game, there were so many questions as to, are you going to ride with Isaiah Oliver, who didn't start today and didn't play much today because Ambry Thomas was playing outside cornerback and Lenore got moved to the inside, which Lenore wasn't great. Maybe one of the non-bright spots on defense, but he got picked on a little bit. But you're also playing the third leading receiver when it comes to being a slot receiver in Christian Kirk. It's a tough matchup. Who you expect, he's, he's a burner, he's quick, he's shifty, he's going to beat you at certain times. And he only had six catches for 104 yards, which isn't great. But the big question was, 
how does a defensive line that has reigning defensive player of the year, an elite defensive tackle in Javon Hargrave, who you just paid a buttload of money to, Eric Armstead, and now Chase Young, how are these guys not getting home to the quarterback on the first drive of the game? They said, we're done with that. We're done with the just pressures conversation of you know, these guys aren't, aren't picking up their weight. They picked up the whole boat today and said, we're going to carry you guys to victory. You guys can score six points, and we're still going to win this game. And for the Niners defense, who, again, you have Steve Wilkes out there who's, you know, he even said himself in his press conference this week, I am built the line for of the this. week. Honestly. And you go, okay, show us. Show us, Steve. And what does Steve say? He said, look at the score, look at the sacks, look at the takeaways against one of the best teams in the AFC. Steve Wilkes had those boys ready to go. And in the face of, had they lost this game or even played poorly, maybe the hashtag fire Steve Wilkes conversation gets even hotter. Oh, it would have. Maybe, sure. maybe his seat heats up. Now you're sitting here saying 34-3, a bunch of takeaways, a bunch of sacks. Bring on Tampa Bay. Yeah, who Bring was that, Demico Ryan's on the sideline over there? <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there like, Great job, guys. Where D'Amico's like, come on, boys! But despite the different style, you, you felt the presence of a veteran defensive coordinator who's been there. He's done that. And it almost, I don't want to compare him to Bruce Bochy, but you can tell there is this veteran calm presence that he may not get fired up about certain things, but he can talk to you. When Mooney Ward had a great defensive play in the end zone, who was in front of him yelling at him? Steve Wilkes. He has to be on the sideline the rest of the year. It matters. It matters, Mark. And until they give up 30 points with him on the sideline next time. That's back up to the booth, right? Yeah, that's week 13 against Philadelphia. Don't worry about what it. What was interesting was Shanahan was asked this week what he prefers, if he prefers to be on in the booth or on the sideline. And he said, you know, for me personally, in the booth. Yeah. You're the head coach. you got to be down there on the sideline. you got to put the challenge flag. Could you, you gotta, imagine the head you gotta coach? you got to yell at all the officials and all that, right? you gotta you got to talk to your guys. But, I mean, Shanahan prefers being in the booth. I mean, it's a better view. You're able to see a lot more. You have more access to, to replays and all of that. Shanahan cited, I like to be able to write a bunch of stuff down. And obviously, you can do that in the booth more so than just with a tablet in your hand down on the sideline. Interesting there. Um, but it was something that Tashawn Gibson said this week, kind of in defense of his defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes. At some point, your star players just got to go out and make star plays. Yeah. And you could point to Nick Bosa's PFF grade, which, again, has been sterling, no pun intended, all season <laughs> long. It's been great all season long. But at some point, you got to get to the quarterback. You got to force turnovers. You got to get the ball on the ground. Hufunga, you got to come up with interceptions, which, which yeah. he did. Fred Warner was shot out of a cannon early. Got to tackle. And set the tone. <laughs> yeah. 32 of the past three weeks. You got to stop missing tackles at a certain point. All year talent defensively needs to meet their billing. And they finally did. So we can go and give Steve Wilkes all the credit and him being on the sideline is the reason why it all happened. <laughs> Maybe that's part of it. Maybe. But for once, this season, consistently across the board, the Niners stars on defense played like stars. It was bound to happen sooner or later. I would have expected it to happen sooner than week 10, but it happened, <laughs> yeah. and the results were perfect, 34-3. I think this was their best defensive por- uh, excuse me, performance all year long. No, Maybe, not even close. Like, the Steelers, yeah, you had a couple sacks, a couple takeaways, but that's week one. Nick mix in the first tur- game back. Yeah, the turnovers and the sacks. I mean. This was, and if this is going to be what the San Francisco Ford Manor's defense is going to play like post-buy, you can go ahead and book Niners-Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. Because these two teams, it feels like, while on different paths and the season has certainly gone two different ways for both those teams, 
if San Francisco is going to play this way, knowing the offense can put up 34 points, even 42 points at times, I watched Dallas take Philadelphia to the one-inch mark last week. You don't think San Francisco can't do that? And yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that game is in what? Three weeks? Week 13. Like, we're going to see it pretty soon. And yes, you have to beat Tampa Bay and whatnot, but this team felt like they found their spark again. It's almost like in Austin Powers, my mojo! <laughs> they found their mojo back today and didn't take Heather Graham to find it. It was like, <laughs> oh my goodness, San Francisco, we're scoring touchdowns, we're getting takeaways, and we're playing San Francisco Fortnite football once again. Yeah, they got their swagger back. Finally. I like Mojo better, but you know. Well, it's what? It's that, it's that meme or that vine, right? I got my swagger back. Oh. <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about. Some of the listeners do. If you're under a certain age, probably. Under but, like 15. Oh, come on. <laughs> 27? Yeah. My age or younger. Yeah, yeah. There we go. 27 <laughs> or younger, basically. No, but I think you're 100% right. And I think you're right in, in saying that this was as much of a, hey, rest of the NFL Take notice because this is still one of the more dominant teams in the league. It was also just proving to themselves that that's still who they are because the way that they they talked about it, even right after the Cincinnati game and throughout the entire bye week, it was like, was it Juszczyk who said, you know, I didn't realize how tired we were. Yeah, that that's kind of interesting. Kind of, I mean. They didn't realize how exhausted and tired they were until they got to the bye week and could fully kind of recuperate and get back yeah. to full strength. It's all the Iowa cornfields helping Brock Purdy out there. Right? Yeah, just <laughs> mowing down relaxing, some corn. <laughs> relaxing out there in Iowa, the great, the great Midwest. Um, but it, it felt also like a reminder for the 49ers that, hey, this is still something that we're capable of. They knew it still. I mean, you have the most talented roster in football. You have all pros across the board almost at every single position. But when you go almost a month without winning a game mm-hmm. and not even playing anywhere close to your best football, like it's one thing if you get into a crazy shootout with Joe Burrow right. and you're there all the way till the end and you simply lose to a superior team. Yeah. Like, okay, like you can at least hold your head high like, hey, we played a great game. We almost that, got it. That other team was just better. <laughs> they beat us. Each of the Niners' three losses – a little less so with Cincinnati because Joe Burrow was yeah. absolutely incredible in that game. But specifically, it, literally, specifically with Cleveland and Minnesota, you feel like, okay, they played well, but the Niners lost those games. Yeah. They weren't playing anywhere near their standard. The Niners beat themselves. Credit those teams. I'm not taking anything no, they away from them. They will sink. But if you're if you're the Niners and you're on that team and, and, and you're a superstar, you're Debo Samuel, you're Trent Williams, who of course were out for a, a lot of those games, you're Brandon Ayuk, you're Nick Bosa, it's hard after a month of not having a real solid performance of thinking like, yeah, I'm still the top dog, we're still one of the best teams in the league, but you go out there and you show it in such convincing fashion on the road, Eastern time, 10 a.m. Yeah. kickoff out here, uh, in the Pacific time zone, you do it against the second hottest team in the NFL, only to Baltimore, who's right now in a dogfight, surprisingly, with the Cleveland Browns in the final couple of minutes. As I say that, the Browns getting close to field goal range with a chance to win, it's my defense. by the way. Uh-oh. Give me a curse right well, now. Well, they've given up 30 <laughs> points. Sorry to Sterling's fantasy team and the, and the Ravens' defense. This was a, an incredibly hot football team. They beat the Bills during this. Right? Yeah. I know the Bills have four losses now, so... Maybe that's not saying quite as much, but this was an opportunity seized by the 49ers to 
once again finally realize what exactly they're capable of. And Sterling, what they're capable of is winning a Super Bowl. They're, that's the that's the goal for this Niners team. When you have that much talent, there's nothing else you're striving for. And after a month, this just had to feel so incredibly therapeutic for the entire team. You almost forget how to win. It's like an MLB player, right? They they're, they're hot for a month, right, and they go on a cold streak for two months, like Anthony Rizzo this past year with the Yankees. You're like, what happened? You're hitting 320 with 15 home runs, and now you're hitting 145 in the months of June and July. Just like doubt creeps into your head. You forget how to win. You forget how to hit. You you go on the field and you're like, are we a good team? Are is Am I our, a good player? Is is our defense? the 20th ranked defensive line in football and you start to ask yourself but I think this goes back to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan even Steve Wilkes kind of doubling down saying no we know what we have we are going to get our guys which should be playing better mind you but we're going to go out there we're going to go and get Chase Young and almost say hey we already went all in this offseason getting Hargrave well, now we have Debo and Kittle all these stars and even CMC last year we're going to get you another all-pro level defensive end in Chase Young and in hope that you guys can refine your spark, refine who you are. And I think today, San Francisco, with a week off on the road, they proved a point, not just to the NFL, but to themselves, but also to John Lynch and say, hey, it's one game, but thank you for going buying in on us again. We needed this. We needed to have, uh, we needed you to have our back because we were struggling. We, we, we didn't have answers. Sat back for a week and you found your answers and the results in a 34 to 3 win. Is it all, is it at all concerning to you that the talk at the bye was, oh my God, we're so tired, we're exhausted? Yes. I mean, it, I the, the bye, in my opinion, the bye came really at, at a perfect yeah. time. I mean, not, not just considering how the, the three games happened leading up, but before the season, mm-hmm. I always think a bye right in the middle of the season is exactly what you want because it kind of divides it up. You have a reset point. You can start over as you begin the stretch run. It's what's aided the Niners the last two seasons. They've had buys around this point. And what have they done in second halves of seasons? They've absolutely yeah. dominated. They didn't really, they didn't lose at all in the regular season in the second half last year. Uh, after that win against the Rams, then they hit the bye, and then they, they won the rest of the way throughout the rest of the regular season. Um, but it, it's a little bit concerning that after eight games, Sterling, the conversation is, wow, we're so tired. I'm sleepy. <laughs> like, come I on. mean, now it's week 10. They don't look tired. You're 6-3. and three. You have another half of a season to go. Yeah. And you have to play. Like, is this team going to be extremely tired again at the end of the regular season? When you hear what is supposed to be a dominant team, say, through six weeks, eight weeks, yeah, we're kind of tired, kind of exhausted. It's like, what do you mean? Is that the nature of this team, though? Because it, it, it plays so hard, so, so physical. incredibly physical, and it's part of the reason why there's the injuries and, but and all But how many times that. have we seen Sam Darnold take snaps this year? Like, through their first five games, there's four of them. It's not like they didn't play almost the entire, starters-wise, didn't play the entire fourth quarter against Dallas. But you're tired against the Browns on the road. Okay, it's one game, tough defense, obviously, but then you're tired against the Vikings, which they won today again. It's then You're tired against the Bengals. Like, okay, like, I do think when you hear that, you have to ask yourself, does this team, or are they going to be able to hold up? What about in Week 13 against Philadelphia or Christmas Day against the Ravens? We're tired. 
Two games against Seattle coming up. It's like, come on. Like, you have an East Coast, West Coast, East Coast trip. Like, you have to be ready for those games. And if you're tired, but thankfully, I, I do think today they kind of, at least for one week, put to bed the worry of, can this team, are they going to be able to win the war of attrition? Uh, Trent Williams is healthy again. Debo's healthy, from what we can tell. While there were some injury scares to Bosa and Armstead and others that they got out of this game rather unscathed. They come back home against Tampa Bay, which Nick Bosa came back home today in Florida. They didn't get to come back home to Levi Stadium with Baker Mayfield waiting for him. Like, that's going to be another day where Nick Bosa should say, I'm licking my chops because he hates Baker Mayfield. He Baker. wants to plant that flag. <laughs> exactly. Going to get a couple saccharoonies on Sunday. Like, that's a saccharoonie, baby. <laughs> But the Niners today did put to bed a lot of the questions I think myself, maybe even you had, or even the listeners had about them. Well, I don't know how I felt about this game coming in. I I tweeted it out pregame. I couldn't really get a read on this game. I ultimately predicted 23-29ers. I was confident at least that they were going to be able to pull out a win. But I thought it was going to be much more difficult, of course, than the 34-3 final score was. Uh, I have incredible respect for Jacksonville. Yeah. They're kind of a weird team in the fact that they turn the ball over a lot, but they also force the most turnovers in the league. And considering what the Niners were doing on the ground offensively leading into this game, Jacksonville, one of the best, if not the best, run defenses in the NFL. Number three in yards allowed per game. I was really concerned the Niners, again, were not going to be able to run the ball effectively. 144 yards. And yeah, and what was that (laughs) going to do to the passing game? I thought it was going to be tough sledding. I thought the defense would carry the day. I predicted two turnovers. They forced four turnovers, (laughs) and they almost scored a defensive touchdown. You have little faith, Mark. For real. (laughs) Double it. They saw me predict two. They said, nah, two more. said, I've got granny guy. has no idea what he's talking about watch this but the the point is i mean this is a three-point spread yeah a three-point spread and the niners absolutely dominated 34 to 3 uh you'd have to go through the the entire schedule for the entire nfl but perhaps when it comes to expectation versus the reality of it this was one of the more surprising final scores final results in the league the niners were so incredibly dominant offensively and defensively only three points allowed this is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a really high-powered offense. I mean, I know they're without Zay Jones, their third receiver. I mean, he's he's a quality third guy, but he's not the difference between scoring three and scoring 20. No. You have Calvin Ridley. You have uh, Christian Kirk. You have your running back, Travis Etienne, yeah, who's been one of, the, one of the stars of the NFL so far this season. Ran the ball nine times today, 35 yards. The run defense was rather it was in question almost the whole year yeah, you saw what their third string running today. back what even was his i can't even remember his name they have tank bigsby their rookie and then they brought in this other guy oh dearness johnson dearness. four-year brown where's michael hasty huh doug peterson put in hasty dearness johnson had a third of the carries that travis Etienne had and nothing worked uh incredibly impressed by this 49ers win I think considering the expectation heading into the Dallas game versus the expectation yeah. here, the most complete, most impressed I've been after a Niner game this season. And, and take it further. It's not like Jacksonville also didn't have the bye week. They also acquired Ezra Cleveland from the Vikings and hope to improve their offensive line play. It's not like these two, t- like Jacksonville wasn't on a short week. They, they weren't hindered by injuries or anything. They were healthy. In fact, San Francisco had to pick the Jaguars to win this game. I would have been like, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. San Francisco has lost, what, Two of their three road games this year hasn't played well on the East Coast. You're without Aaron Banks on the offensive yeah. line. You weren't sure how much of Trent Williams you were going to get. And San Francisco said, 
uh, watch this because it's going to be ugly. It, it was a humid day in, in Jacksonville, in Florida, and San Francisco added on to that. It felt like almost every single third down, it was a takeaway or a sack. It felt like the questions on defense of, can they just get off the field on third down? It felt like today that San Francisco, who held Jacksonville to four uh, four conversions on 12 attempts, was at one for three, 33%. The, like, the Niners were awesome today on all fronts. <laughs> Interestingly, the Niners were also four uh, uh, nitpicking marks. Stop. <laughs> but four hundred and thirty-seven total yards to two hundred and twenty-one. The Niners almost doubled up the Jaguars in terms of total yards. They rushed for one forty-four. They threw for two ninety-three. The only thing they did not get, um, Sterling, and they tried. They tried, they tried their darndest. Christian McCaffrey, despite the fact that the team scored thirty-four points. He did not get into the end zone, uh, so he does not set a new NFL record for consecutive games. It's a loss to me now. Doesn't the only anymore. thing no, that I'm did sad, not Mark. happen wow. for the 49ers in, my Sunday, Mark. <laughs> in Jacksonville today. I just, uh, McCaffrey held out of the end zone. All right, time for a break here on Overtime. We're just getting started after a dominant Niners win, 34-3. to We want to hear from you now, and now's your chance to get in on the action. Give us a call, 888 888- Nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And as always, we're keeping an eye on the Twitch and YouTube chats powered by First NorCal Credit Union. It's Grandy and Sterling. More overtime coming up next here on ninety five seven. The game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Second down and short here. Cody has one-on-one. George Kittle, goodbye! Now back to 
Overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Gray on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. Overtime continues here on 95.7 The Game after a dominant 49ers win in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. 34-3 the final score. That touchdown you just heard. Joe Davis on Fox. A 66-yard touchdown. Brock Purdy to George Kittle. Fresh out of the halftime break. It put the Niners up 20-3. They would keep scoring after that. A Debo Samuel touchdown later on in the third. A Kyle Juszczyk touchdown in the fourth. The finishing touches on a 34-3 win. But that Kittle touchdown, as we welcome you back to overtime here on 95-7, the game, Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you for the next few hours here on 95-7, the game. It bookended a really nice couple of moments for the San Francisco 49ers. They get the ball after the Jaguars only score the game with four minutes and about four and a half minutes or so left in the first half. They put together a long 11-play drive. It ultimately stalls in the red zone. They settle for a field goal as time expires, which Jake Moody barely made, by the way. Two for two today on kicks, both barely good, but he made them both. He made it, then he didn't make it. They, were, they made it again. Yeah, they, they made it again. Tried to ice him twice, and <laughs> he ended up making it just barely. Uh, but point being, the Niners doubled up, not with a touchdown and a touchdown, but with a field goal and a touchdown to end the first half and to open the second half. And I'm so happy to see the aggressiveness by the 49ers offensively on that George Kittle 66-yard touchdown. They threw the ball at the Debo, the first play out of the halftime break. For nine yards, my Nine yards. Which is a good good game. Good game. <laughs> Second and one. But what has been hurting the 49ers, I think, specifically without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, is they're falling. They're not keeping pace. They're falling behind the sticks. They're getting into... Second and nine, yeah. second and ten, second and twelve, Long potentially. Third down, third you, and twenty. You lose two yards on a first down run to McCaffrey when the run game wasn't working. It's been bad. And then it sets up, and maybe you gain a few yards on second, and it's a, a third and seven. And suddenly you're you're looking at a, a tough conversion. Yeah. But what Trent Williams does, obviously, is makes everything easier offensively. And what Debo does is is he's just an escape valve. And if things Go poorly, you can just dump it off them, and he's going to yeah. give you five yards. After contact. After contact. He'll <laughs> yeah. get, get you the three through the air, yeah. and then five more after that. <laughs> he'll get you eight yards on almost every single touch. He's incredible that way. Without those two, you fall behind the sticks, and you aren't afforded the ability to be aggressive in moments where maybe the defense isn't quite expecting it, right? Yeah. So... And, and I know it wasn't a run on that first down. It was a short pass to Debo who, who got you nine yards. It brings up a second and one. And that's where the Niners have literally the entire playbook open. <laughs> and you haven't had moments like that yeah. in the last month because you haven't had second and ones. You've been looking at second and nines. And you feel like unless you want to face a third and seven because the run game isn't working well, you might have to throw it. And guess what? The defense knows that's probably coming as well. And the 66-yard catch to George Kittle isn't there. They're going to take that away. But with second and one, and you have the entire playbook to pull from, the run game has been working, thanks in no small part to Trent Williams. What do you do? You take advantage of the defense having to respect the run game, and you take a shot on second and one. Because guess what? If it falls incomplete, it's broken up, whatever the case may be. It's third and one. Third and one, you got McCaffrey, the best <laughs> running back in the league. He'll get you a yard. Yeah. And if you don't get it on third and one, hell, you could go for it on fourth down. You're probably going to get it. Tush push? Yeah. Not with not with the concussed Purdy, right? 
This has been like three weeks now. I don't think he's been cussing but anymore. My point is, with those guys back, you're yeah. able to stay on pace, and right. it allows Kyle Shanahan to be aggressive in moments like that. And I was calling for it here at the studio. On, on the second one, take a shot. By yourself here in the studio? By myself here in the studio. <laughs> take a shot. I want to see it. The defense is respecting the run game yeah. in McCaffrey right now. It's going to be open, and Kittle was wide open down the right sideline, made one man miss, and ran in from 66 yards out. It was, uh, it was great to see that aggressiveness back, and the reason why is because they were gaining consistent yards on first and second down. That specific instance, the nine yards on first. Was that Purdy's best throw of the year? Just, I know that maybe there's more tougher throws to make, but the pocket's collapsing. He stands tall. He knows he has the advantage of Kittle on it. Seems like a linebacker or a nickelback. He has the advantage there, and trusts Kittle's going to outrun him. Puts it right in the breadbasket and says, "Look, instead of it being a third and one, now it's a ten point flip coming out of halftime." That feels like the almost perfect example of what a Brock Purdy offense and Kyle Shanahan offense should be. Where, yeah, it's a little closer than you want it to be at halftime. What was it, thirteen to three to ten point lead? Not great, yeah. but then. Go out there, second play of the half, and boom, 66 yards later, they got Kittle out there doing the touchdown dance, putting the three up like Pentagon Jr. for AEW. Like, like, it's like, come on, like, Brock Purdy, again, he got so much, I don't want to say hate, but criticism because the interceptions, it looks like a dink and dunk offense. You're concussed and you're throwing picks on back to back drives or back to back plays on back to back drives in two consecutive games. Yeah. Today, no turnovers, 296 yards through the air. I believe three touchdowns, maybe two touchdowns, excuse me. But Brock Purdy, by all intents and purposes, was an elite quarterback again. It felt like every single form or every single group on the field returned to their elite level. Where Whether it was Javon Kinlaw making plays or Henry Thomas making plays or Javon Hargrave making plays, the interior defensive line today was great to aid the edge rushers. The offense was putting each other in the best position to succeed, and even to a point where Sam Donald almost got a touchdown today. <laughs> when Sam he Donald almost got it to McCaffrey to break the record, touchdown. That would have been a trivia question. Who was the quarterback on Christian yeah. McCaffrey's record-breaking touchdown? I got it. I got it. Sam Darnold. Oh, Trey, oh not Trey Lance. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Brandon. Oh, okay. It didn't happen. No. Uh, yeah. Didn't happen. So close. And it, it is three touchdowns. My, my dad is so mad about this. He's texting me like, "Why didn't they give CMC the ball?" They did, Dad. Relax. <laughs> like, every single play for the last drive could was you, just CMC. Could you imagine? I, I don't even want to say it. Say it. I, I, can't, I can't put this say it bad this. energy out into the world. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. Could you imagine if the Niners... Okay, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Should I say it? I mean, you can knock on all the pieces of wood in the studio. Just The Niners, with their uh, eagerness to get Christian McCaffrey the record... Gotta set the record! If something bad... Something breaking would have happened. Could you imagine the hell to pay? I would have said fire Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> you ruined our chances. <laughs> like, that would have been a nightmare. I mean, we just left Halloween spooky season. 34 to 3, over. but the only thing anyone would be thinking about was Christian well, McCaffrey well, on a meaningless play. I mean, it didn't happen. I don't even want to dwell but on it. To be fair, you can say, why is he in there? I get you want to set the record, and if there is anything negative, maybe outside screen defense today. I'm sure. Sh- don't get your number I'm, one running back hurt. He I'm sure a Kyle Shanahan had a conversation with McCaffrey. McCaffrey said, "Yes, put me back out there. I want the record." 
There was a play earlier in this game where he tried to hurdle a defender and his came down kind of awkward on his knee, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I, I swear, he hits the ground so, so hard. incredibly hard every single time. I don't know how he pops up 25 times a game. And if, I have no clue. And if he goes down, which, again, he's not hurt but from what we know, the season's over. He is so underrated just in terms of toughness. Yeah. When you look at him, he's not the biggest back. He's... He's obviously a he's physical. He's very chiseled. Very, what I'll say. He's obviously a physical <laughs> physical specimen. I'm not denying that, but he's he doesn't come close to the Derrick Henry. No. Like he's he's nowhere near any of those gigantic backs, absolute units in the league. But his toughness, his physicality is so criminally underrated. He like does the, not get enough respect. He's like the smallest bell cow back there is. And he was good today. Didn't get in the triple digits. Sixteen carries for ninety five yards. That's about six a pop. He had 10 targets, but only 6 catches. Got to get those numbers up. So 22 total touches. 22 total touches, yeah, for 142 total yards. Did not get into the end zone. But he's really the key to the offense, and you could also throw in Debo in this regard because his short passing game is really an extension of the run game. But it's what we were talking about earlier, Sterling. What has been holding the Niners' offense back so often the last three games, the last month when you include the bye week, is Trey Lance? Oh, sorry. You gonna, how many times are you gonna <laughs> sneak his name in here? That's twice in this segment. We got to keep a counter going. There should be like a a Trey Lance board, and we'll just Steve a Oaks, notch every time you say it. Steve Oaks cutaways or Trey Lance mentions on overtime today. We're already at two. <laughs> we had two apiece. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Even... It might be tied right now. <laughs> Oops. We'll find out what what's in store. Coming up next on overtime. Hours. But. <laughs> The, the Niners offense, I think despite the fact that, what, it was 17 points against the Vikings and... 17 each each game, right? Yeah, you're right. That's sad. Um, but... They doubled it today. They did. The The offense, though, despite relatively suppressed point totals, yeah. still moving the ball really well. Yeah. Specifically against the Vikings and against the Browns, or pardon me, against the Bengals. It Untimely turnovers, missed field goals, miscues. We know the miscues. But they've still been moving the ball really well. And that's without a consistent run game. And what you had today was a consistent run game. And it just makes everything else that much easier. Whether you want to credit the bye week and McCaffrey freshening up. We know he had an injury he was dealing with the last couple of weeks before the bye. Whether you want to give the credit to Trent Williams and his return showing up the left side of the offensive line. If it's Debo Samuel for taking pressure off of McCaffrey and elsewhere and the run game by using him in creative ways. It's probably a combination of all those factors. They all deserve credit. But the point is when you have that ability and just a consistent run game, one, you're getting yards on the ground. But two, again, like we talked about at the top of the segment, it just forces defense to respect it once again, and it allows the pass game to work. 66 yards on one play to George Kittle. Ayuk had a long one, 21 yards. Yushek, a 22-yard touchdown. Ronnie Bell, late in the game, had a 20-yard reception. You were getting chunks through the air. Shout out Harbaugh. And and they were getting those chunks even without the run game recently. Now you add in the run game, and you can see why this is one of the more difficult offenses to prepare for and to play against. They had both phases working in this game, and they put up 34 when basically resting all their starters, all their key guys, for... The final what, like eight minutes of the fourth quarter? Yeah, well, besides CMC, but yeah. Besides CMC, you're right. It's almost as if 
an element of the Niners offense was missing for three weeks. You know, against the Browns, Debo and Trent and even CMC get hurt in that game, but he, he battles through it and, and fights through it. But more importantly, the games after that, with no Trent and no Debo, it just goes to the importance of not only when you have your anchor, your blindside blocker for Brock Purdy to, to be able to jump out on runs. There's a play in this game where running play, CMC isn't really finding the edge yet, and all you see is 71 running ahead, and you're oh like, follow God. him! Oh go! Go, Christian! This go. is one of the funniest just, moments just, of the game. Just follow 71. He's got you. Don't worry about it. And of course, he finds the edge, gets like, oh I don't know, eight yards, and you're like, this is what this team is missing. Jalen Moore can't do that. McKivitz can't do that. To be able to, be able to pull out and just annihilate a, a, whether it's a linebacker or a cornerback, Trent Williams brings this ferocity, this, dare I say, nickname being the silver, the silverback. Yeah. He brings this kind of you know, animal nature to playing left tackle. Then you add in Debo, who, think of what Brandon Ayuk hasn't played great the past couple games. He slides back down into the receiver number two role. Jennings goes back to third and Jawan, cut a big one today. Like This team half. is now kind of falling back into their perfect placement of your role on this team. And you get Aaron Banks back in a few weeks. You can beat Tampa Bay. Like Right now, this team, I could argue, again, kind of how it was early in the year, they're kicking teams' butts, and they really didn't play perfect, and they aren't entirely healthy. John Feliciano started left guard today. Spencer Burford was okay at right guard, but Kibbis got hurt for a tiny bit today and came back in. Like, he got beat a couple times. Like too. There are still some concerns, but there are still things you can do to improve the areas. You might say, I'm not too sure about that. And having Trent Williams back and Debo back and having guys kind of slot back into their roles. You're going to have Brock Purdy out there flexing and yelling and screaming over and over and over again because he's hitting 66-yard touchdowns, Mark. I'm so glad that you brought up that Trent Williams moment because awesome. it was the funniest moment he's of the entire there. game. So <laughs> it was that drive at the end of the first half that we were talking about earlier. Niners get the ball with 420 on the clock, and they want a, kind of a, a, a long, slow-developing drive. You want to end it with points. Don't give the ball back. Uh, to Jacksonville because you get the ball back to begin the third quarter, which they did. But it all started with a Christian McCaffrey pitch to the left. Yeah, And you have your left tackle, Trent Williams, number 71, leading <laughs> the way. And he's out there in space, and there's no one to block. With a messed up ankle. <laughs> with a messed up ankle until that left side corner comes over he and tries to make a play. Number 31, Darius <laughs> Williams. What Jeez. does Darius Williams decide to do when he sees Trent Williams full speed, six foot seven, running right at him? He does exactly what I would do. He turns around and runs away, not even trying to make a play. <laughs> I laughed out loud watching this play live. Not that I'm making fun of Darius Williams because that's a business decision. Business. Ninety nine percent of every every human on this planet would make the same exact decision when they see number seventy one Trent Williams running right at you. Ultimately, leads to a twelve yard gain for Christian McCaffrey. The next play, a quick throw to McCaffrey. Trent, again, was leading the way. An easy gain of 17 yards. Suddenly, you're across midfield, and you can smell scoring points yeah. at the end of the first half. What Trent Williams adds to this offense is, obviously, he's protecting the blind side of the quarterback. That goes without saying. But it's what we were talking about earlier, the, the swagger and the belief. And he just sets a tone the of physicality. Come out of the he, locker yeah, room. he leads the team out of the locker room, and they just feel 
different. You feel more confident when you see number 71 in your huddle. When you see him leading the way for your all-pro running back, he just brings a different kind of intensity, and this team had lacked that the last few games, and it's a big reason why they were winless when he wasn't playing. Trent Williams brings another layer of physicality and desire to this team, and it was on display specifically in those moments, yeah. but really all game long. It's almost like having another offensive weapon. You have your Ayukes and your Kittles and your Devos and your CMCs, and we know how you use them catching the ball, running the ball, but you have someone that can dictate offensive line play. And what's something that when you don't have Trent out there or Aaron Banks is injured or whether it's even on defense, San Francisco wants to win in the trenches. You have the ultimate trench warfare weapon in Trent Williams. His name is almost Trench himself. It makes so much sense that in the Trent Oh, pain. That was a bad one. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was sitting right there. Someone had to take a swing, you know? But it feels like that Shanahan gets a weapon back, which you don't even, like, you know he's great. You know he's a future Hall of Famer, but like most offensive, like, no one's talking about him like Lane Johnson in Philadelphia or, or Jason Kelsey out there. Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football, but the way he's used is like a receiver, but not in the way of like catching. It's how the game is dictated, how guys get out on their runs, mainly Christian McCaffrey. And when you have the best left tackle in football opening up lanes for the best running back in football, dare I say, magic is going to happen almost every single play. And it can get you and put you in positions to get a field goal just before halftime, then score a touchdown the next drive in a 10-point swing where let's say they were down 13-3. to or 13-0, get a field goal, then a touchdown, you're right back in the game. That's what this offense is missing or has missed the past three weeks. And I think you can honestly say you have Trent out there against the Vikings or against the Bengals. They may not win those games, but they're a heck of a lot closer. And against Cleveland and and Minnesota, I would almost guarantee they win those games. Yeah, I think so too. Like by a lot. Ten points. Even if it's just Trent Williams back and you're still missing Debo Samuel. He adds, and it's almost difficult to quantify it when it is an offensive lineman, right? Because they're not the ones out there scoring the points. They're not making all the flashy Jake plays. Rendell. And it's it's a little more difficult to recognize the impact that yeah. an offensive lineman is. Like, even a defensive lineman. Yeah. Nick Bosa got home and sacked the quarterback and had a strip sack. Like, that is a quantifiable, easy thing to see. Yeah. But as an offensive lineman, they stand there. when you're doing well... Nothing is happening, right? right? <laughs> right. Like, no one's beating you. You're just... Blo- I, I'm, it's hard to... Qu- and we all know Trent Williams is a fantastic player, but when you are watching a game, unless you're looking specifically for it, you have a trained eye, and, and you're paying really close attention to it. Like, you can do it on, on a replay when you're watching a game back to see where the Niners were missing so-and-so and all that, and, and you could see it there. But when you're watching it live for the first time like we do before we come on the air here for overtime, it's a little more difficult to see that impact. Yeah. And Trent Williams is good enough, at least he was today, where you saw that impact. It jumped off the page. He's one of the few where when you watch the game live, you go, oh my goodness, Trent Williams, you just destroyed that defensive player. How many times do we point him out and he took out three guys on one play? <laughs> go back to his first season here. It's all over on Twitter or X, if you want to call it. Where Twitter, we're, we're calling it. Uh, social media. 
um, where they highlight, just put this big white light over him. He's just destroying <laughs> Buda Baker for the Cardinals. You're like, oh my goodness, because that's how physical he is. It's almost like every play, if you put him in space without the ball, because he's a lineman, he's looking to annihilate all 11 players on defense. And because he's so good and so big, he could probably do it. You give him a linebacker and a cornerback, the odds are he's going to win that battle, and that's insane. And we're going we're gonna to sit back and say, Trent Williams is so freaking good. Then CNC's like, but but I scored a touchdown on the same play. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, you're right. Well, like, not today you didn't. Oh, I mean, no. Every time, Mark, I get excited, you're just like, oh, you know, CMC didn't score a touchdown today, then I get sad. And that's how this works. You're going to you're gonna go I, crazy. I bring the energy. And I'm going to like, reel you back in. Slowly We're going sure. to the Super Bowl, Mark! And that's what you said after week five. And Man, then well, what happened? I had a reason to say it then. And then what happened, Sterling? So what should I say now? we got to temper our expectations. We can't get too high or too low after I mean, just one game, all right? So, so what should I say now? We're going to win in week 12. Week 11. No, let's just focus on how dominant this game was here. But we spanked them so hard, I don't even care about them anymore. Oh, Jaguars, meow. Like, who cares? <laughs> oh, Trevor Lawrence. Can we can we find a Niner that performed poorly today? I mean, I get, we already mentioned Diamond or Lenore. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about Brock. We can do Brock Purdy on the other side because there was a ton of talk entering this game. Obviously, a huge game for the Niners. Losing three in a row. Yeah. How many Super Bowl teams had ever lost four games in a row? That doesn't really happen. Today was a must win. You had to win today. It, it kind of felt that way. Yeah. But there was a portion of the Niner fan base, a portion of media, including a couple people here on 95.7 oh, The Game. calling them out! Who argued that this was a huge game for Brock Purdy and his future as the wow. Niners quarterback. Off the bandwagon if they lost. I don't. I mean, it depended on how the game went and put, all of that. Mark, I need you to put words in their mouth. I am right not now. putting words <laughs> in anybody's mouth. But there was a conversation where, if Purdy struggled again today, mm. people were thinking, "Hey, maybe it's time to get a look at Sam Darnold." We, so we, we saw him today. We, we do. Didn't we got a look. We got a look, and the extended look at yeah. Sam Darnold. Uh, we got to talk about Brock Purdy coming up on the other side. He was 19 for 26, 296 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a couple of moments where he got hit. You think maybe that's a fumble, maybe it's in, could be an interception. It got tipped up in the air, whatever. Did not turn the ball over at all. Niners took great care of the ball today. Purdy was fantastic. 19 for 26, 296 and three. He had all his toys back. Maybe the conversation is, well, he's good when he has all of his weapons with Debo and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle. Yeah, he's good. But take away one or two of them, and then we'll see what he's like. we got to talk about Brock Purdy because I think, frankly, the conversation around him is, just like I was saying with you, on the team as a whole, it's a little too reactionary, hot and cold every single week. Got to reel him back in, Mark. Got to reel you back in. So, but, you're, so you're saying Brock Purdy's not Joe Montana 2.0? He's not Joe Montana 2.0. I hate to break it to you. I hate I mean, today he might. Guess what? He's also not Tom Brady 2.0, okay? Let's not compare him to the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. But guess what? He's also not Blaine Gabbert, okay? Is he Trey Lance? Please. <laughs> what are you trying, to, what are trying to do to me here? All right, well, mark it three for Trey Lance, two for Steve Wilkes. And now we're done, and we'll see what the second hour holds here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Let's talk Brock Purdy on the other side, and we want to hear from you. Give us a call. What did you think about Brock Purdy today? 
888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And we're keeping an eye on the Twitch and YouTube chats. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Shout out to Grunge91, Ash Smoke. Uh, a couple of others there. Damon Chang, I see you as well. We're keeping an eye on all your chats. We're talking Brock Purdy on overtime after the Niners. 34-3 to win over the Jaguars. More overtime with Grandy and Sterling next on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 